Another edition of Curveballs and Chair Shots. We're back live in the F-150 for reasons. But I'm always here. I'm not going to go there right now. My name is Brandon Tangum. I'm sitting in the front seat in the driver's seat because it's his car, his truck, his property. My lovely and esteemed co-host Dominic Hobson. Dominic, how are you doing today? Actually, technically, is it mine if I'm paying a, paying a loan off? Technically, it would be the credit unions, right? I mean, I guess, but your your name is on the registration. True. And I'm doing fine, Brandon. I feel great. A little upset that we couldn't use the first venue of choice for tonight, but I digress. How are you? Doing good. Doing good. Still have the studio audience. The coronavirus will still not keep us down. We're not going to be like Italy. We're going to still have a crowd for our performances. <laughs> That's so we just came back. From the movie onward, we will be doing a special collaboration podcast tomorrow. So yes, two episodes back-to-back. And usually when we do bonus episodes, we do pay-per-view recaps. But no, we're going to be with our friends, our cohorts, Travis and Tyler Gunderson from Trapdoor to Hell. They cover sports and movies and everything in between, so we're going to talk... Did you see their last live stream? I did see their last live stream where they tried the donut chicken sandwich from KFC... Yeah, gets the a thumbs up from them boys. I, I'm, I'm just spitballing here. When you're off your little religious keto guido, when you're off your little religious quest you're on, um, we should try that. Maybe we should uh, go and expand our podcasting horizons. Maybe we start doing some like fast food and food reviews. You know, I'm just spitballing here. It's just you know, we each create a dish, whatever we want it has to be edible. Like, can't just throw, like, dog poop in it, but, like, you know, whatever you want, ingredient-wise, we make something, make the other person try it. I think I'll win. I've been cooking a lot recently. When I mean cook, I mean using the George Furman grill, but God damn it, <laughs> I, I make edible food, okay? I, I mean, I was saying more like, I'm going to fucking put, like, you know, ghost pepper extract and fucking, you know, wheatgrass and, you know. I'd rather just eat gimmick fast food. No, whatever, that's fine. So we will talk about that. We're not going to talk about AEW on this episode. We will talk about AEW on the next episode. And some sports stuff we won't talk about. We will get to that on this next episode. But we're gonna, we will still talk some sports. And the big news coming out of baseball is Christian Yelich, former NL MVP, could have won the MVP this past season, but he got hurt at the end, signs a $7 million, $190 million Seven-year, I feel like I'm, I fucked up. Seven-year, $190 million contract extension with the Brewers, equaling to a total of nine years, $215 million contracted with the Milwaukee Brewers. They are hitching their wagon to the Yelich wagon. It's Bet not, you Brewers won't do shit for the next three seasons. Just for the next three seasons, but yes. the next six seasons after that, they got this. Yes. Why is that, Dominic? I just think, you know, he's he's overhyped now. Ne- the next sensation's coming along. You know, he won an NL MVP. 
Then he got he was set to win it again, and he got hurt. It's all downhill from there. I think Christian Yelich is a damn good player. I think he's in maybe definitely top 10, maybe top 5. Definitely, I think, maybe top 5 position players, top 5 hitters. I think he's a damn good player, worth the money, especially now with baseball. And we got Bryce Harper money and Mike Trout money and Garrett Cole money. Christian Yelich definitely deserves it. I'm always a little weary when you give these players so much money. I don't have his age off the top of my head, but obviously this contract will lead into his 30s. You never know how much production, you know, you're going to be paying mostly for what he's going to, what he did with the Brewers of the last few years and these next three to five years. Those next couple years on the back end might be a little shaky, but I think it was a, a good move to lock him up. And, you know, I wish a team over here in the Bay Area would do that with some of their players, you know, lock them down to long term contracts and say, look, look, we got good players. Were they going to be around for a while? They did. They locked down Buster Posey. Oh, I'm talking about the other team. You know, the success, oh. the more successful team right now in the Bay Area. Oh. 49ers. Baseball team. Oh. So funny. I'm trying to think of like, uh, like oh, the Rivercats. Meow. Yes. Continuing on, we're going to... A uh, theme of this podcast is people getting their money. Tony Romo signs a $17 million contract with, or $17 million a year with CBS. There's rumors that uh, ESPN was involved trying to get him in the booth. We're going to talk a little bit about some other moves ESPN is trying to do to fill that Monday night booth. But your thoughts on Tony Romo making more money in the booth per year than many, many, many of the people he will be calling on the field. I mean, I think it's fine. I think I... I legitimately enjoy listening to Tony Romo. There's select people I enjoy listening to, but he's one I can stand. Um, and I like the fact that he has um, knowledge of the game. He has, you know, experience in the game. He's not just one of those, uh, how do you say, you know, analysts that don't know anything, that no real-life experience. So I enjoy that, too. Tony Romo is uh, probably the, I don't know if I'd say the best Play by or the color guy in football, but he's damn good. He's definitely uh, proven himself in his short tenure with CBS, and I think it's great. You know, he's a quarterback. He's a very knowledgeable player. He's able to kind of call. It's kind of like the XFL, but Tony Romo doesn't know what the play is going to be called. He can just kind of tell by the formation and what the situation is, and he can say like, "Oh, we they should do this," and then more than often than not, he gets it right. And and then like I said, that's another reason why I like Romo. Is I don't have to. I, I like just just the psychological part of him when when he calls a game, pretty much the fact that he knows what's going on, he knows from players' perspective like why you know why they didn't call a, a penalty on that team for that reason or you know why they're setting up a certain way. Like I I enjoy that part of it. Moving on to Monday Night Football, they're trying to fill up a spot. Apparently Booger ain't cutting it. There are rumors that Peyton Manning is slotted for that spot. Not official yet, but there are rumors that ESPN is offering them or offering Peyton eighteen to twenty million dollars, and they're also trying to maybe finagle a way to trade for Al Michaels to get him to the ESPN booth and call Monday Night Football games again. He used to do it back in the day with ABC and John Madden. Who knows if that's going to happen? But I think Peyton is a much more Sure thing. 
He's kind of unproven. We don't know what kind of play-by-play guy he could be. One of the smartest guys maybe ever in football. He has a relationship already with Disney and ABC and ESPN, doing some shows with them. I think it'd be a good signing. I obviously he's being overpaid, but if I mean, let's be honest here. If they're willing to pay him, let him do it. Let's be honest here. I mean, could you really listen to him, like call a football game, or are you going to be more interested in the many like little like Paintonisms? I'll say, you know, like you know, he he probably, in my opinion, he, you know. I'm not saying he couldn't do the job. I'm just saying I don't think he can actually call a game, you know, how it's supposed to be. I think he'll be too busy overanalyzing the like the players and what's going on to to call the game. You think he would take his job too seriously, and then that would affect the his ability to call the game. I mean, I'm not, I'm not gonna say he's gonna take it. I mean, everybody should always take their job seriously, but I'm saying that. It's just not gonna feel. I'm not gonna say organic, but I'm. I'm gonna say it's probably like it's not gonna flow the way like when you li- when you listen when you watch like it's not gonna feel the same. Peyton shows personalities in the billions of commercials he's in. I think he can be good. I don't know if he'll be as okay. Dominic taking a nice relaxing seat back after. He was sitting in those luscious Southland movie theater chairs. So now he's. Why you gotta go off topic? You could just kept rolling. Rolling, rolling, rolling. Yeah, you made a loud noise, Dominic. I gotta address it for the fans. Oh, you know what? I'm gonna walk out in a second. Anyways, I think Peyton will do good. I mean, it's anything is an upgrade compared to Booker McFarlane. Let's be honest. And now, finally, in the world of sports, we talked a lot about the NFL. Let's talk about everybody's alternative to the NFL, the XFL. I'm not going to do my Vince voice. Thank you. The higher-ups told me not to do it, so yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to acquiesce. I'm going to listen to them. Now, Dominic, you, we talked to each other about this on Sunday. Did very good on the opening game. Yeah. We're only about two points off in total. Yes. And then you shit the bed the second game. I so. had 97 out of a possible 100. I was in the top, like, percentile. Didn't win any money yet, but I was in the top percentile. And then... Here, you know, here comes the Vipers, and it was the Vipers and the Defenders, right? And I'm like, oh, pfft, Vipers are going to get fucking blown out. Nope. Totally the other way around. The Vipers blew the fuck out of the Defenders. But this week, we got two more games for Dominic, and I will also give my picks as well. But it's Dominic's picks. So we're going to let him go first. The first game is the St. Louis Battlehawks taking on the D.C. Defenders. Dominic, do you have faith still in the Defenders, or are you... You're jumping off that bandwagon. I'm now. jumping off the bandwagon. I'm, I went with the Battlehawks, 25 to 13. I, 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 I'm hoping this game will be a lot better than last week for the defenders. But I don't. I, I think something's after getting beaten out by the Vipers like that. I think they are going to have some mental blockage and they're not going to, you know, be able to play that we were playing week one and two. I also have the DC defenders scoring 13 points. I have the St. Louis Battlehawks getting the win as well, but they're going to score 28 points. So I say the Battlehawks, my boy Marquette King, leading them to victory because punters are athletes too, goddammit. So then the second game, the afternoon game for the XFL on Sunday on ESPN, the Tampa Bay Vipers, Vipe up, baby. Take it on the Los Angeles Wildcats. Dominic, who do you got winning and why? Well, you think I would probably, you know... 
Oh, you know, I like an underdog story, you know? Like, you think, oh, Dominic's going to go with the Vipers again. We, we have again. talked about this multiple times. I am not going to go with the Vipers this week. I will be going with the L.A. Wildcats. I have them going. It's going to be a very close game. It's going to be 21-18. to 18. I also have it a three-point game. So, Dominic, we are on the same same thing right here, only we have differentiated scores, which will allow us to be winners. If we pick two perfect scores, which, let's be honest, we're probably not, I have... The LA Wildcats winning 23-20. to 20. And the XFL, overall, I have lost interest in it, but it is something just kind of put on in the background while you're cleaning or just kind of doing something else and or flipping back and forth between that and Dr. Pimple Popper. I did kind of watch a little bit of a marathon on Sunday, I'm not going to lie. Well, I mean, I actually wanted to watch the, the Vipers and Defenders, and then I started, I, I think I turned it on at halftime. I came home from work and I went, yeah, I'm turning it off because they were getting blown the fuck out. I don't remember who, what the teams were, but I think I was watching the first Saturday game and it was a pretty close game. I think it was, I don't know if I want to say the Battle Hawks and the Defenders. I don't know, but it was a, it's a close game as the mascots in the house are going crazy as they look at us and wander off and ask, what are they doing out there? Those weirdos. They're sitting in the car, so they must be going somewhere. I want to go somewhere. But no, we're just sitting here. You know, I was going to bring this mascot into the car, but, you know, he probably would have just barked and gone crazy and shit, so... Yeah. They'll figure it out. They're good dogs. Now, let's move on to the world of professional wrestling. We got some hardy news. We all know Dominic loves himself some hardy news. I'm a very hardy person. (laughs) Matt Hardy has left WWE. He has let his contract expire. As of Monday, he is a free agent. He put up a video saying that he's going to explore all the options. And then that same Monday, there was being the delete, teasing at getting a North Carolina phone number. Then on Wednesday, free the delete. And who shows up at the Hardy compound but the Bucks of Youth? So everyone's thinking, oh, Matt Hardy's going to be there on AEW this week. Uh Uh-uh. Does it mean he's going to be at AEW? Maybe. Does he have to be there? No. So, Dominic, as the Barking Spiders have gotten the best of you, choking you out there in the front seat, what do you think of Matt Hardy leaving WWE, and what are his? What do you expect him to do? People say in the Dark Order, it's a pretty obvious pick, but maybe a little bit too obvious. Where do you think Matt Hardy goes? You know, Brandon, um... I'm going to hit you with a little curveball here. That is our name. It is. Followed up by a chair shot. I think he's going to go back to WWE and go to NXT. I think with the Young Bucks showing up is just a little bit of a way for them to kind of like, you know, be like, oh, okay, he's going, he's going, he's going. But he shows up in NXT as Broken Matt. Boom. We have noticed that people who go to NXT, whether it be veterans or new people, they are tended to be used a lot better. We're going to talk about Ricochet in a little bit, but I think he, I don't know if I'd say he goes to AEW. I can see him maybe like taking a pit stop there. I mean, we saw Jeff Cobb be there for two weeks. Haven't seen him since. No real mention of him. Does he, no announcement that he's even signed with the company. So they are maybe doing some of those types of deals where you can come in because, you know, wrestlers are actually independent contractors, so they can come in for a couple dates and leave. It could happen. I could see, I honestly could see him maybe going back to Impact. I don't know what kind of money he wants. Impact doesn't have that much. 
but I would also like to see him in New Japan, if New Japan ever gets over this coronavirus. I'd like to see him in New Japan, even though it's probably not going to happen, but uh, I could see kind of what the Hardys did at the end of their run before they came back to WWE, just kind of going all over the place and having a bunch of fun with this. I mean, and I would... Matt's the type of wrestler, too, that he can go anywhere and be over. He's Matt freaking Hardy. He does. He's not, you know, Joe Blow, who no one knows. But so. he's in his mid-40s. Let's be honest, this is like his last hurrah. So what does he want to do? Does he want to have fun? Does he want to have a meaningful storyline? Does he just want to make some money? It's all up to Matt. He has a nice house. He has a nice family. I think I think for him it's just creative. I think he just wants to be able to to do, say, whatever the hell he wants. And I, th- I mean, I think it's obviously creative because if it wasn't, he would just be sitting there and catering, like making six figures for WWE. Which, this day and age, you think a lot of people would just be like, yeah, sure, let me sit there and do nothing. But, hey, kudos to him to actually have the balls to say, no, I want to do something. And then now in some more Hardy news, Jeff Hardy came back to WWE TV on Backstage, did a sit-down interview with Renee Young, talked a little bit about him being away, having an injury, going to rehab, which was a little bit of breaking news, and he said that he's been at SmackDown Backstage, just kind of waiting for the right opportunity. WrestleMania's around the corner. SmackDown is a little uh, thin on everything. Where is your favorite wrestler ever, currently, past 20 years, Dominic, how would you define Jeff Hardy with you? He is my, I would say he's my favorite wrestler. Not 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 taken away from, you know, any of the other lesser known people, but um, I would say he's probably my favorite wrestler. I mean, God, when, when I really got to, into him was in TNA when he was on, I think I saw him wrestling, I think like Raven or somebody like that, and I went bought his DVD, and then I, I realized on SmackDown, Shut Your Mouth, that you could play as him, so I played as him, you know, um, you know, so yeah, I would say Jeff is by far my favorite, but what was the question? Where would I see what's going on with him? Well, before you went on like a seven-minute soliloquy about how much you love Jeff Hardy, I was going to ask you, what the fuck is he doing? Fucking collecting a check, dog. No, I, I mean, fuck, on SmackDown, I don't know. Um, I mean, do you put him against Shinsuke? Do you do you have him feud with? I mean, I really don't know. I don't I don't see him in the world title hunt because, of course, that's uh, almost said Brock. It's fucking Goldberg and Roman. Um, I maybe after Mania, him and the Fiend can do some weird shit. Maybe I don't know. The babyface depth chart for SmackDown is pretty terrible. It's Roman, Brian. Braun, and then it falls off a cliff if you're not going to count the New Day and the other tag teams that they have there. And I think you put him in there. I have some uh, qualms with what they're doing with that triple or the handicap match because I think Cesaro and Nakamura and Sami Zayn all could be uh, very good heel wrestlers and Sami Zayn could be the best babyface wrestler in the world. But anyways, uh, I think Jeff Hardy comes back before WrestleMania. Maybe he has a feud with like Shinsuke or Cesaro, I I don't know if, I mean, I think Shinsuke might be a little bit better, but I think he, I mean, I don't know. There's a, there's enough isn't matches. Isn't Shinsuke in a feud with Braun Strowman right now anyways? Isn't Braun Strowman set to win the Intercontinental Championship or at maybe he maybe he wrestles Baron Corbin, and it's just, uh, here's Jeff Hardy, he does a ladder spot, and he gets the win. 
or you can save it for the night after Wrestle or the SmackDown after WrestleMania or before WrestleMania. I don't fucking know, but I don't. I it's like you can hold off on them. You can be a little bit bigger deal after WrestleMania, but how much umph are you really gonna get if Jeff Hardy comes back? I mean, the other thing though too is being that Matt's gone, you have to push him as a singles wrestler, correct? Or are you gonna throw him in a tag team with some random person? He joins Heavy Machinery. How does that even work? Jeffy! No. no. Okay, I tried. No. Um, So my thing is you push him as a singles competitor. The only title I see him able to go after would be either if he's on SmackDown, the Intercontinental, if he's on Raw, the United States. But I, with Roman or Goldberg being champion or Brock and McIntyre, I don't see him really winning any of those storylines. So, he would have to go after the Intercontinental, which makes him a mid-carder. And then, let's be honest here, that's not where Jeff should be. So, Continuing on with that backstage show, it was announced that another member will be going into the Hall of Fame this year, the WWE Hall of Fame. That will be John Bradshaw Layfield. It's kind of, I'm surprised it's taken him this long to do it. He, he's fine. Wait, why is it surprising for you? I just thought he would have been in there sooner, just because he's been such a big part of that company for such a long period of time. I don't know if they're holding off, and they were like, okay, I guess this is the year. Why not? I mean, in WWE Hall of Fame terms, definitely deserving. He's been there forever. Had a great heel run in the early 2000s. But once again, if this was a legit, real Hall of Fame, probably not. Because of all the backstage races stuff. Bullying stuff, right? I can't say it still. Well, that doesn't really help, but it's not like JBL was known for drawing and having fantastic matches for 15 years. True. That's very true. He is, uh... I would say he's a little stiff. Are you a little stiff, Dominic? No. Did that before I went to the movies. Nice, nice, nice. But I thought Studio Honest was in the shower, so... Where... Was it, like, after she took a shower? Yes, it was after. Okay. Yes. Squeezed it in. Yes. Wait, whoa. She's staring at me now, because... Like, when I say squeezed it in... No, 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 Okay. No, no. Okay, just making sure. Just, 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 just. Anyways, lastly... Continuing on with some WWE Hall of Famers... Lita. Gail Kim. I th- Gail Kim will be in the Hall of Fame eventually. Christy no, Amy, she won't. Christy Amy, probably not going to be in the Hall of Fame. But they have started, I don't even know what the hell this thing is. Is it like, they have started something called kayfabe wrestling. It's like a women wrestling show. I still don't know, understand if it's like a regular traditional wrestling show or if it's like a, a television show where it's like, you know, pre-taped television show. Anyways, but let's just say it's like a woman's promotion type of thing. Dominic, your thoughts on, you know, another Team Extreme member in the news right now. I mean, first of all, it's been getting like, great, great reviews from a lot of people. Um, I haven't... What is there to be reviewed? They don't have anything. What do they have? I thought it was, like, a podcast. I thought this was, like, a a show. Anyways, I've heard a lot of good things about it. I'm hoping that... Jeez, we're both, like, pulling a Dominic right now, not knowing what the fuck we're talking about. I thought it was a podcast. I thought they interviewed each other or something like that. Well, I I, I saw them, like, doing a podcast, but I don't think it's a podcast. It's, like, a show. That they're eventually going to be doing. Nah, who cares? Um, I mean, I'm happy that they're given their 
two cents into the women's revolution, I guess you would say. Because, I mean, if you think about it, Lita and Gail Kim, big part of it. Christy Hemme, not so much. But Lita and Gail Kim definitely need to voice their opinions, frustrations, cheers, jeers, whatever. They definitely need to be saying something. Now let's move on to NXT. We're going to get to WWE at the end because there's Elimination Chamber. So we're going to kind of put it all together. As we said, we're going to do AEW tomorrow. And to start off NXT, we had two steel cage matches, but the whole premise was like, leave the cage down so we can have two steel cage matches. But yet, the first one was at the end, at the beginning of the show, and the second was at the end of the show. But anyways, I digress. Tegan Knox takes on Dakota Kai, and Dakota Kai gets the win after some interference from, I forget her first name, Gonzalez gets involved, a lot of chicanery, and Kai gets the win. I think I'm starting to get a little pissed off that there's... I, I understand. Storyline, you know, it just makes, you know, you know the climax of when Tegan Knox eventually wins and makes it so much better. But, you know, they did 50-50 booking for a while, and then now Dakota's just been winning everything. It's like, are they going with Dakota? Is Tegan eventually going to get the, the win? Is she going to get a title shot? Is she become champion? Like, what's going on, Brandon? I don't know. The work inside the ring, I thought it was good. They were, you know, Dakota taking some scary-looking bumps, falling off the cage, falling off the top rope. And I just don't like what NXT did on both of their, show, on both of their steel cage matches, where there was so much uh, interference and so much gimmickry, where we saw AEW a few weeks ago, and that's the way a steel ma- cage match should be. It should be there. Salute, studio audience. Salute. A steel cage match should be used to keep people out and have a finish in the ring. I always hated the steel cage rule where you can just leave the ring. Especially in this match where Tegan Knox was just running away from Dakota Kai like five minutes in. Like, shouldn't she want to beat the shit out of her and like pin her in the middle of the ring? But, uh, hang, hang on, she's sneezing again. Yep, get it all out. It's fine. And this is why people in Italy... Sporting events in Italy aren't having any crowds. Oh, Don't I spread diseases. If I get sick. Um, what I was going to say was... And I lost my train of thought. God damn it. We were, I was talking about Tegan Knox being the babyface, running away early on in the match. No, I I literally lost it. I literally lost it. It was gonna, I was going to say... She's sneezing again. Bless you. Just let it all out. Just let it out. One big sneeze. Go ahead. So this podcast is about just it's one giant sneeze. Make it like an ASMR sneeze right into Dominic's microphone slash mouth. Anyways, it had to do with something with uh, Tegan Knox being a babyface. And... Oh, now I remember what I was gonna say. The reason she was running away is because it was the winner was entered into the ladder match for no more contendership. No, so, it was not. Oh, never mind then. Fuck me. I don't think it was. It was. We're gonna talk about that match later on, but it was not. Anyways. Tegan Knox ends up getting pinned up against the, like, in between the wall of the cage and the door. It was a different finish. It was a nuanced, or not a new, a new finish I've never seen before. So that was, I'll give him a plus there, but all the other stuff involving Gonzalez and uh, the other two women wasn't a big fan of as Dominic takes a, another sweet tart rope. You know what? Leave me alone, man. I'm hungry. I thought you weren't hungry. I changed my mind. I'm hungry. What's your dinner? The sweet tart rope. Okay. 
Then we get Rhea Ripley going to Tampa Bay, home of the Vipers. Viper baby. And she walks around the stadium, on the field, and the pirate ship, and she talks about uh, facing Charlotte, how she's always been compared to her. We get some flashbacks to the Mae Young Classic. Haven't seen a whole lot of Rhea uh, recently. Rhea recently. Tongue twister there. And uh, I thought it was a good, solid segment. I wish we kind of get a little bit more between Rhea and Charlotte as we get someone walking cross street. Oh, God. Someone's going to talk to Dominic? No? No, I... Um, don't we, think so. They we had just, an Uber. That was very awkward. They, yeah, that's very awkward, huh? That's why I'm looking over here and talking. I thought she was don't make eye like, contact. She Good. like walked like right up to Dominic's door and then turned. Dude, that was my other girlfriend. Damn, she almost got she almost saw us, man. She knows when you sit in the truck, it's time. Yep, she knows to hop on in. You know, do the deed. Ow, I'm getting smacked. Ow. Anyways, Dominic, your thoughts on this Rhea Ripley? vignette segment <laughs> as the studio gives a little pump fake <laughs> and Dominic almost cracks his head on the window. You know what? First you cry in a fucking Pixar um, movie. Wow, spoiler alert. We're going to get to Dominic's review of Onward tomorrow <laughs> on the trapdoor to Curveballs and Jerseys. I don't want her, You know what, Brandon? I don't want her on the podcast anymore. I'm not in the podcast. She's no, it's she, for safety reasons. I'm not in the podcast, first of all. Your mouth is your mic. You got a mic right there. Speak into it. Dominic pointed to his dick for those people who uh, didn't get the video feed. Ow! And now he's getting the shit beat out of him. Dominic, I'm trying to talk can you answer my goddamn question I'm, about Rhea Ripley? I'm trying to... Ow! Get my fucking rope, <laughs> bitch. Anyways, I was going to say, Rhea is nothing like fucking Charlotte, okay? Rhea is a lot better. You hit her first, Dominic... Picking Rhea over Charlotte. That's that's high praise. Dominic loves himself from Charlotte. Especially she hit me in the face with a damn rope in my face. Especially first. recently, you know, she's with Andrade, so, you know, giving, giving her some of those tacos. She's been taking a lot more of those butt selfies at the gym. So I know Dominic put over Ray Ripley. More chicken meat back there? You know what? I'm I'm over today. You know, I had a great day. Went, saw a not going to talk about the movie, but, you know, got home. Ever since we came back from the movie, my days has gone downhill way, way too quick. Looks like we're going to Chick-fil-A and getting some mac and cheese. No, looks like we're going to go to Wingstop. They got cauliflower wings? Actually, no, we're not going. We know We're not going anywhere. You know why? I'm just going to make noodles because I'm selfish and I'm going to... And we're broke. And we're saving for Vegas, so we can get fucking riggedy riggedy wrecked. Sorry. Don't laugh. Did I laugh? You're not. You're not on the podcast next week. Anyways, the match Dominic was thinking about with the number one contendership or the qualifying match on the line was Chelsea Green and Dominic's favorite green-haired rocker chick, Shotzi Blackheart. Yes. And. Unfortunately, Shotzi did not get the job done. Oh, Chelsea Green gets the dub and qualifies for what I thought was like a tournament to lead to like a two-person ladder match. But no, it's a six-woman ladder match at TakeOver. So she qualifies. And she's the first person in there. So why are they having a qualifying match for if 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 Charlotte and Rhea are wrestling at WrestleMania? Like The number one contendership match is at TakeOver. Yes. Because they don't have a women's match at TakeOver. Okay, and then, so they face whoever wins Rhea and Charlotte? 
that's how it goes. That's okay, what, that's but, how do, but doesn't goes. If, if Rio loses, isn't she get a rematch? Rematch clauses are antiquated, Dominic. Why? Because it's 2020. It's bullshit. You're just mad because your girl Shotzi lost. I understand. It was kind of a terrible match. And uh, Barking Spiders agree that Shotzi should have won. Then we get... I almost said Damien Lee. Not Damien Lee. Keith Lee? Keith Lee. Oh. There we go. He comes out and gets the cheers and adulation from the crowd. He gets cut off by Cameron Grimes, who won... A match last week, and I kind of talked about maybe that was where the direction was going. And yes, here we are. Seems as though Cameron Grimes versus Keith Lee in the coming future, probably at TakeOver, should be a fantastic match. But Keith Lee being an oversized babyface and Cameron Grimes being an undersized heel might not be the best uh, story. But I think they can make it work because Cameron Grimes is a phenomenal talker and a worker. Speaker, not talker. He speaks good. Being from a... North Kakalaki. You know, you get a little awkward when I correct you, you know that? You know, Tom, like, I let you be on this podcast. Oh, shit. I didn't know I was talking to Philip Jr. over here. Um, anyways, uh, Cameron Grimes. You know, I was actually watching a match of his yesterday. Surprised? Very surprised. Yeah. And then I realized, damn... He's one short, hairy dude, kind of like myself. Um, Not in the back anymore, because Dominic has finally... I don't know if we talked about it on the podcast, but <laughs> breaking news, Dominic has finally used my Christmas present. He shaved... Well, the studio audience shaved his back, yes. but it is clean as a baby's ass. <laughs> oh, God, no. It's already stubbly. Yeah, well. And pimply. You got... And pimply. And it's so disgusting. I guess it's just buried Dominic today with her, so... Well, you got two and a half months to grow back and then shave her back right back off the Friday before we leave. Fuck that. You know how awkward that felt? Like, putting on a shirt? It was like butter. It felt like I had melted butter on my back. Fucking, it was all like, it was like I felt every drop of sweat. It was so bad. Studio Honest needs to ask me a question. Can I wax you? No, you're you're not waxing me. I will shave my legs myself. Okay. No. All right. How about how about this? I'll let her wax. If she if you let her wax you, I'll let her wax me. I I mean okay, but we're both at the same time. But see, but like I don't want my legs waxed. I think I think we got to go with the taint. Just because it'd be funny. Anyways, Undisputed Era defeats Danny Burch and Oni Lorcan in a good tag team match. Pretty much what you would expect. And the Broserweights come out, and then they get attacked by the Grizzled Young Vets, setting up maybe a triple threat match or a number of contendership match. Who knows? But uh, Yui still involved in this tag team title scene. I mean, let's be honest here. Yui, after WrestleMania, is going to be in for a total makeover. Okay, you heard it here first, folks. Then we get a sit-down interview between Johnny Gargano and Mauro Ranallo. Mauro asked Johnny why. Why did he do it? And then, of course, Johnny, being the dickhead heel he is, did not answer the question, just answering the question with another question. And then I thought Mauro played his role perfectly, being scared and kind of shook. They were very amicable at the beginning, and then 
Marl wasn't having none of this shit, and then Johnny cuts a good promo at the end, staring into the camera. I thought, overall, well done. Little nitpicks here and there, but a very good first step to explain Johnny Gargano's heel turn. Like, if I'm being honest here, I don't like the fact that... I mean, I'm okay with Johnny turning heel. I just don't like the way he did it. I wish they would have done it maybe not as... To me, it wasn't... It was really stupid. Kind of like, gonna give him the title belt. He didn't, and he hit him with it. Like, I would have liked more... Like, have Johnny run in the ring, hit Adam Cole with something, and then as Ciampa goes to capitalize, you hit Ciampa with it, and then, you know, something like that. But, you know, I don't like the whole Johnny... But if he hits both of them... Ever since... Eddie Guerrero beat the living shit out of Rey Mysterio back in the day. And it said, why Eddie, why? Why does everybody have to... Why Johnny, why? I hate that. Make up something else, please. Porqué, Johnny, porqué. That's the same thing. No, it's not. What's it's literally what's different. Por, what's porqué mean? It means why, but it's not but it's why. T- it's a different word. That means the same thing. Whatever. In Loopholes. the main event, we had another cage match with Roderick Strong actually beating the Velveteen Dream in a steel cage match because of these stupid you-can-leave-the-match-and-win-it rules. The Velveteen Dream seemingly was going to get the win, but Undisputed Era comes out and circles him, and Adam Cole gets into the cage, because why the hell not? And Dream pushes Roderick Strong out of the cage to get his hands on Adam Cole in the cage, but we've noticed... People can climb over the cage, so I don't really know why he'd sacrifice winning to do that. But anyways, uh, it looks as though it's going to be Dream versus Cole to take over. I think I'm okay with that. I mean, I who else would you put Adam Cole versus at TakeOver if it wasn't Dream? There's not that many people. You got the Bruiserweights taken, you got Johnny and... Uh, Gargant or Johnny and Champa taken. You got Finn and Walter. So the babyface side going up against Adam Cole. You could take somebody like a Kushida or a someone you know in the mid card. But I think Velveteen Dream is kind of the obvious pick. The match itself was good. It's very similar to what the women's match was. It was good worked, well worked. But then I hated the finish. Like why? It kind of just shows you, or I think it devalues wins and losses. Because Dream is going to get this title shot in the end, but yet he loses this match to beat up the champion, and then, like, if you lose, you shouldn't just be rewarded with the title shot because you beat him up. In, in is a that cage. why you like AEW so much? Because of the fact it's based on it makes wins a and lot losses. more sense. When it's not just that, it makes a lot more sense day to day. Yes, there is some shit you can nitpick and you can say like, oh, this didn't make any sense, but for the most part, it's very logical. It makes sense. That's why I like New Japan. It makes sense. Maybe the stories aren't as complex as... But it's predetermined still, though. So technically... I mean... What? it's Oh, oh, sorry. Breaking kayfabe. It's predetermined. So realistically, I already know that from January 1st to December 31st, I'm going to go 17 and 12. You know, I ain't going to amount to shit this, this year. But Dominic, in the realm of wrestling, it's not, it's not fake. You portrayed as real, don't you? Yeah, I know, I know. Okay, so then what the fuck is your point? The point is... I don't know. It's me trying to be smart. Trying to be a smart mark when I'm not. Exactly. So then, 
We talked a little bit about SmackDown last week, but now that we were able to see it, because we definitely both watched it, how they played out. Roman will face Goldberg for the Universal Championship at WrestleMania. What happened? Goldberg comes out, gets booed, says a few. He says, who's next? Roman comes out, gets kind of cheered and kind of booed. He says, I'm next. And that's how we get one of the main events of WrestleMania. Okay. Fantastic storyline here. Just, just going to throw it out there. Are we okay with Roman beating Goldberg? I'm fine with it. I think that, once again, WWE has painted themselves into a corner to where people are kind of booing Goldberg because they don't like what they're doing with The Fiend. But then, if you turn Goldberg heel, people will see, like, oh, you're trying to manipulate me to boo Goldberg to face to cheer Reigns, but we don't like Reigns, so then we're... It's like one big circle jerk clusterfuck, and it's... I don't see any way that this really helps Roman enormously coming out of this. So basically what you're saying is... They're fucked. Roman's going to be screwed no matter what until either one day he full-fledged turns heel or some, you know, make-believe fairy grants him his wish and becomes the greatest babyface of all time. Shout out the live-action remake of Cinderella or whatever that they're going to have a genderless fairy godmother. Tom, would you like to sound off on that? How do you have a gender genderless fairy godmother? Wouldn't it just be a it fairy? The, the fairy godmother is gender non-binary. Okay, but if you you can't say gender neutral fairy godmother, you can godmother. still be a mother, but technically not be a female. Be of the female. So then, gender. who's gonna play it? One of the I I don't want to be politically incorrect, but you know it's one of those like you know one of the black guys. He's kind of. Or he, I don't, I don't, I don't want to be all gender specific oh, here. Oh my god! But you know, one of the flamboyant, one of the, one of those flamboyant, <laughs> one of those flamboyant. Ones. You're really, you're really nervous here, huh? You don't want to say something I would say, huh? What would you say, Dominic? Give us an example. No, I'm okay. I don't, I don't want to go down that path. I don't, I'm not. First off, I'm not trying to. I open this anyone. can of worms to get you in trouble, and then I get myself. I'm in not trouble. trying to upset a certain community. I'm up. I'm also not trying to get death threats. I'm also not trying to get kicked off of uh, whatever we're on. Of your job, whatever. Or my job, too. And I got a lot of things riding right now, so let's not talk about that either right now. Brandon, let's not talk about Cinderella. Let's talk about John Cena and what he's doing at WrestleMania. Oh, my God, Dominic. That's a perfect lead-in. It's almost like you read the script and know what was coming up next. Yes, John Cena comes out dressed up head-to-toe in wonderful merchandise that you can buy at www.shop.com. And he Wait, comes we out. sponsored by them now? Not yet. Oh, okay. Not yet. Okay. Still waiting for an email back. But... He talks about, oh, you know, this will always be me. I love this place. I'm never going anywhere. And then he says he's leaving because he doesn't deserve to be a spot at WrestleMania. The Fiend comes out, being the corporate gesture that he is, points the WrestleMania sign like every other corporate stooge, and tip of the cap by Cena, and here you go. There's your WrestleMania match. So you got a tip of the cap, and who's next? I'm next. So we just As have, your main storylines for WrestleMania. We probably have... The two greatest leads up, lead ups to WrestleMania with Goldberg and Reigns and Fiend and Cena, right? It's like it's Mega Powers once in a lifetime, and then Goldberg Reigns and Cena Fiend, like they're it, neck and neck. I mean, they're oh my jeez, I don't know, man. I don't know if I can even watch WrestleMania. I don't feel like I'm worthy enough. I I, I muted my mic. I, I you know it's been a while since I've done that, so we're just gonna move on. The okay, Raw recap. Yeah, sure, whatever. The opening We still set- got Raw to do, goddamn. I know, and we still got Elimination Chamber to do. Oh. Uh, uh. But not a lot of stuff really to talk about in Elimination Chamber. I mean, let's be honest, that the pay-per-view is kind of trash. Uh, Drew McIntyre lays out Brock Lesnar, setting up their match at WrestleMania. 
that it was good. Drew's getting over. Maybe not as hot as he once was coming out of Royal Rumble, but it was good for what it was. I mean, for me, I honestly don't want Drew to win anymore. Because I feel like it's too... Like, they're, they're, they're trying super hard to get everyone behind Drew. Well, they do the finish of, oh, he lasted 10 minutes with Brock. That's good enough. Yeah. As he goes to Facebook, which means I am losing Dominic as we speak. Yeah, you are. <laughs> now, Randy Orton, or Beth Phoenix, comes out to give us an update on Edge's condition. Doesn't really give us too much because she gets the Jeff Hardy treatment and gets cut off after about the sec- the first sentence. And Randy cuts this emotional promo, talking about how he loved Edge, and that's why he did it. So to save him from breaking his neck, he broke Edge's neck. And then he RKO's Beth, who was I not. Mean, I mean, state. let's be honest here. Beth started that. She hit him first. Let's, yeah, I mean, I mean, let's also say that Beth and Natalia both went to the same acting school. True, that is very true. But, then again... You know, I I think I asked this question. I know I know I posted this on Facebook a long time ago, like back in high school, and I got like no nothing on it. So I'll bring it up again, you know. Women this day and age be treated or treated equals, right? Brandon? We treat them as equals, correct? Yes. Okay, so if a female punched you in the face, what do you do? You say, excuse me, ma'am, that was not nice, and you walk away. I'm just saying, if I was walking down the street, and... And my sex foe. And and a female, like, just, like, started to pick a fight with me. Like Aleister Black? Huh? What? Pick a fight with you, like Aleister Black. Oh. That's, like, his gimmick, yeah, pick yeah. a fight, yeah. For a second, I was like, what, Aleister Black is gonna beat my ass? I was like, okay. Or I thought you were going to tell me to, to black mass a female. Are you uh, talking about me going on forever? You're the one just rambling about Aleister Black. I'm just saying. Beating up women. I'm just saying. Aleister Black is not beat up okay, women. I don't, fine, I'm saying, I don't blame Randy for beating the fuck out of Beth. Just saying it. Don't blame him. Beth smacked him. Kicked him. RKO'd the bitch. Just saying. Okay. It's like when, you know, someone might... You know, slap you or, you know, barely graze you and then you just come out and shoot them. I mean, it's called it's called protecting yourself. If I feel like I'm in danger, I'm going to pop a cap in you. Alright, we have new WWE Raw Tag Team Champions. The Street Profits defeat Seth Rollins and his buddy Murphy. And we get Kevin Owens getting involved. And his buddy Murphy? Yes. I, I know you I know tried to do that. His buddy, Murphy, he didn't pause long enough. We have new WWE Raw Tag Team Champions as the Street Profits beat the team of Seth Rollins and his buddy, Murphy. There you they go. They get some help from Kevin Owens in the ring, hits a stunner. We get a frog splash, pin one, two, three. Uh... It was a really short match. I wish Kevin Owens didn't get directly involved in the match. I wish he would have, like, scurried away AOP, and that's how he helps him get the win, and if you want to get him involved in this match, but uh, it wasn't the best way to get the Street Profits to win their first titles, especially since they haven't been used that well. And let's be honest here, how long are they going to hold these titles for anyways? Well, they have a defense coming up this weekend, and maybe they'll lose it there. 
Stay yeah. tuned for our predictions. Stay tuned for our predictions. Oh. Well, then we got another championship match as I had the microphone done once again. Damn. It's been a while since I've done this. You know, That's I gotta the second my, time. I gotta, it's actually been the third time, but I didn't tell the first time I did it. If you found the first time I did let us know in the comments. A 24-7 championship. Riddick Moss defeats old Ricochet, old Trevor. And uh, I don't know if this is a storyline or not. I don't have faith in WWE telling good losing streak storylines. But what the hell are they doing with Ricochet? And he needs to leave and join AEW. And he needs to be pushed to the moon because he's so great. He's such a great wrestler. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, what the fuck are they doing with Ricochet? You done? I'm done. Okay. Yeah. Ricochet's going to go bye-bye. I don't think he'll go to AEW, though. I think he'll go to somewhere else. Goes to New Japan. Him and Will Ospreay fucking tear it up. Exactly. Then, Aleister Black. We were talking about him on the podcast a little bit earlier. He had a match supposed to be with AJ Styles, but AJ Styles said that he didn't read the fine print of the contract, but apparently WWE didn't read the fine print of the contract because they blatantly advertised AJ versus Aleister Black. We got it eventually after Aleister Black defeats Gallows and Anderson individually in two different matches, and then AJ makes quick work of Black, hitting the, uh, or pinning him with the Undertaker-style pinfall. Yeah. His first loss, I think, in WWE. Is to AJ Styles. After, after beating tag te- the best yeah. tag team in the world. Exactly. Um, as I'm watching some male strippers on the studio audience's phone. Anyways, um... I'm not mesmerized or anything, Brandon. Don't don't think too much if into it. If you want to watch male strippers, you know, go for it, boy. I don't we, care. We go to strip club in Vegas. I mean, Thunder. I mean, Thunder Down Under is right at Excalibur. We go see that. Fuck yeah. Wait, do you see? Is there? Is it nudity? Do you see dick? You, don't, you see like dick prints. You don't like see. Oh, I don't think, okay. I think you see full fledged dick. You can do some. You know, you can look it up, but maybe okay. I've I never been to a never been any strip club. So me either. I have seen one of those, you know, I, I did see, like, a nudity show in, in Vegas, like, the first time I went, because I was bored, and I was like, you know what, fuck, I'm just gonna do it. You saw boobies, you got a little chub on, then you went back to the hotel room and just jerked off. Yeah, well, Josh was playing baseball or something. Oh, so you had time. Or everyone was asleep, maybe. <laughs> Didn't. I was doing it in the bed right next to Josh. Oh, God. There's a visual for you. Or maybe, you know, when we do it in Vegas, you know, we're gonna have separate beds, but, you know, right across from each other. Lock eyes. <laughs> Yeah, I'm down if you're down. I mean... I'll give you a high five, but I don't want to contract Corona. I just touched my eyes, so I mean, if I have it, I have it now, so... Any hoots, Any let's hoots. move on to the rip-roaring match that was Liv Morgan defeating Ruby Riot after uh, Sarah Logan gets involved in whatever. Nobody got hurt, that's all we can ask for, right? I mean... The women's... Div- okay, you know, we talk shit about AEW's women division... What's happening to the WWE's women's division? It's fucking falling apart. I don't know, fast. but thank God we got the NXT women's division. Yes, I mean, but you know what's going to happen? Eventually, they're get they'll get called up from NXT. But what's going to happen? NXT's women's division. It's going to suck. Thank God for Evolve's women's division. <laughs> yes, just got to keep going lower and lower. And that's what I'm afraid of. Speaking of the women's division, we have Shayna Baszler in her first real match in WWE. She goes about 12 minutes with Kyrie Sane, who has been. Uh, devalue definitely the second part of the Kabuki Warriors, and instead of having Shayna Baszler get the Luke Harper and uh, Aleister Black, or Eric Rowan and Aleister Black treatment and having squash matches for 10 months, she has to go 50-50 with 
not a jobber, but, you know, a mid-card woman's wrestler. You know, I was reading that Vince is not high on Shayna and doesn't think she fits or works. Because she's not hot? Exactly. But, but then again... Shayna Baszler, underrated. Not as underrated as Sonya Deville, but, you know, a little underrated, I'll be honest. She... Okay, I mean, I'll give it to her, but... I mean, she's she's way better than Bianca Belair. You're going to give it to her? Way better than Bianca. Right? Let's not go down that rabbit hole. We're almost going to go an hour, and this was supposed to be like a shorter bonus. Yeah, I know, because you fucking take forever. Keep going. I take forever. Keep going. Uh, Well, speaking of uh, Eric Rowan, we finally got to see what is in his cage. All you had to do was ask. And it is a fuzzy, cute little robot tarantula. Yeah, I, I saw that. It's fucking retarded. Oh, stupid. Sorry. Stupid. Then finally, we have the four Mexicans wrestling each other with Rey Mysterio and Humberto Carillo defeating Andrade. That was it. And do you wait for me to say something like very like Angel Garza? <laughs> so uh, yeah. Do you wait for me to say something like that so then you can start spewing off like four Mexicans and all that kind of stuff? Or I mean, I already probably messed up with some gender. Oh, another person walking by. Hey, person. Oh, I forgot the windows rolled down. <laughs> yeah. Hey, whatever, who cares? They're, they, you guys looking for a good time? They're fucking... That person was on their phone. They weren't paying attention to what the fuck I was saying. I know. Goddamn um, millennials. She's actually like an old woman. Fucking boomers. Anyways. Uh, yeah. Um, wrestling. Yeah, four Mexicans. Four Mexicans. Rey Mysterio get the four victory. Four Mexicans and a Zelina. Rey Mysterio got the victory. Good job, buddy. Now, let's move on to the Elimination Chamber predictions. Oh, God, speed this up. This shouldn't take too long, because honestly, nothing well, really... There's only like four matches, right? There's six matches. Oh. But we all know there's probably going to be some pre-show matches added on. And we got the Intercontinental Championship. Braun Strowman taking on three men in a three-on-one handicap match. Shinsuke Nakamura, Cesaro, and Sami Zayn, all three competent competitors in their own right at the very least. But yet, let's be honest, they're going to lose to big, bad Braun Strowman. Didn't, does that mean... Strowman wins, or? Yes, Braun Strowman's going to win, and then it's going to make even less sense when Cesaro gets a win over Dana Bryan in, like, two months, and it's like, okay, now that devalues Dana Bryan. Yeah. Um, my prediction or my thoughts? Well, you can give your prediction after you give your thoughts. So my thoughts about the match, Brandon, and this is something I've thought long and hard about, so, you know, I, I stay up to date on everything, is that... Uh, you know, if Braun Strowman does win, where does that put Shinsuke at WrestleMania? Jeff Hardy. Okay, and then what type of match is that? A ladder match. It makes no sense. You know why? Why, Dominic? Because WWE, I'm going to steal your line, WWE has painted themselves into a corner. I mean, is it really my gimmick? I said it like once on this podcast and maybe... I said like a handful of times. Not today, but in general, you said a handful, handful of times. What are my gimmicks, Dominic? Jack Daniels. And cigars, right? Moving on to the next match. We got the Raw Tag Team Championship. The new champions, the Street Profits, take on the former champion, Seth Rollins, and his buddy, <laughs> you're Murphy. Fucking, you're a fucking asshole. Let's see... <laughs> Who's going to win? I'm going to go with the Street Profits. I think maybe KO gets involved once again. He doesn't have a match. So, uh, I say the Street Pro. I mean, uh, Buddy. And... God damn it. You can't even do your own gimmick, right? I think Seth Rollins and 
his buddy Murphy will win. You gotta let it breathe like an extra like two and a half seconds. Buddy, pause, Murphy. Yes. Yes. Like Lance Storm. Yes. Next up, we got AJ Styles taking on Aleister Black. A no disqualification match. This leads to all types of shenanigans with the OC, probably. I'm or say, The Undertaker. Oh, I was going to say before I was so rudely I'm, interrupted. You got to be quick, bro. Aleister Black probably going to get his win back because it's 50 50 booking, goddammit. And they're going to go back to this feud at the end of WrestleMania. So where we're going to get it. We're going to get Undertaker's massive gong. <laughs> and what AJ, is it? His massive gong. Gong. I, oh. I said it on the on the bullet cast, but the other, the other thing I do, I said it. Philip completely no sold me. I was a little a little agitated at that. Oh, so I did a good job right there. Yes, then. good job. Way to put you. me over. Thank Acknowledge you. my penis joke. <laughs> Thank you. I'm gonna go um, with Alistair Black because fifty fifty booking and yeah. I'm. I mean, I I agree, but I do think Taker is gonna get involved somehow. I you know my if it was me. It would be like Gallows and Anderson, and like Taker had him like pinned on his little pentagram, or whatever it's called, the fuck little his little symbol, you know, you know how they the thing that they put Stephanie McMahon on when when he was gonna marry her back in the day, that a cross, a crucifix wasn't a cross. It's his little fucking his symbol, his symbol. Yeah, it's not a cross, but yes, he has them dangling in the rafters, and AJ goes, "What the hell is that?" Turns around, black mass one two three. All right, Vince Russo. I didn't. I probably should have cool. asked you this beforehand because there's just so many matches on the show that doesn't really matter. Dominic, what is the main event of Elimination Chamber? Do, uh, well, you have the women's Elimination Chamber match, and what's the men's again? It is the SmackDown Tag Team Championship match. Those are the only two Elimination Chamber matches on the docket. No Roman. No Daniel Bryan, no Kevin Owens. This is a very weak card. I assume Daniel Bryan will face some Drew Gulak person. Maybe, I don't know. This is uh, a very weak lineup looking at I, it. I, I guess I would put the SmackDown titles last, just because you probably have more spots. And okay, then I, I have no faith in the women that are in that Elimination Chamber match. So since Dominic thinks the men will main event... The show, we will go with the women's... Oh, no, we'll go with the United States Championship first. The champ, Andrade, defending against Humberto Carrillo. I don't really know, because we've had this match a bunch of different times. If they wanted Andrade to drop before the, the drug test, why don't they just do that? So maybe he's just going to hold it to WrestleMania we get, like, a, a four-way Mexican dance? Mm, I guess, uh, yeah, I guess so. I mean, I'd probably like more of... I'm more of a triple threat kind of guy. So... So which uh, Mexican do you kick out? Tell me to go back home. You would keep Andrade. You would keep Humberto. I I would probably say you would want Ray just because you would want star power. But I you know okay no make it a fatal four. Fuck it, Ray and four Gar- Mexicans Garza, for the United States Championship. Sure, whatever. Sure, why not? Now the women's match. The winner gets a number one contendership shot, or I guess the championship shot at Becky Lynch is Raw Women's Championship. Natalia, Liv Morgan, Asuka, Ruby Riot, Sarah Logan, and the winner, Shayna Baszler. I mean, if it's not Shayna, then fucking this is so stupid. This is not worth our time. I didn't talk about this earlier, but I 
am kind of fading a little bit on Becky Lynch. Like, what the fuck is going on with her? I feel like they're trying to wait. Either she's trying way too hard, or they're trying way too hard on her. Trying to make her, like, look cool. I mean, first off, she is cool. Let's be honest here. She's fucking cool. But, they... I think it's about time she loses the title. She kind of goes away for a while. Goes on a honeymoon? Goes on a honeymoon, gets knocked up, stays away for a while, comes back, and... Ronda versus Becky, next year's WrestleMania, they're both pregnant. Yes. First one to have their baby wins. Okay. Then, in Dominic's main event, I'm going to go with the women main eventing, but Dominic says it will be the men, the SmackDown Tag Team Championships, every single SmackDown Tag Team we know of, except for the Revival, because they haven't signed their contract yet. Miz and Morrison, the champs, defending against the New Day, Heavy Machinery, Rude and Ziggler, the Usos, and the Lucha House Party, for reasons I don't really know why. Lucha House Party is still around? They are still around. Holy they crap. are still a thing. If it wasn't for Revival not re-signing, they probably would uh, not be in this match. Who is this? Kalisto and who? Lince oh. Dorado. I don't know. Or Grant... Probably Lince. Or Grant... Nah, I don't fucking Grand know. Grant Mantelik. I don't know. The, just have the pinata in there. <laughs> Nobody will know the difference. <laughs> oh, man. Who do I have winning? I have Morrison and Miz retaining. Now that we have a match with pretty much the entire division... On Elimination Chamber, what the fuck do you do at WrestleMania? The exact same thing? Yeah, probably. Or you probably get, you know, and maybe we have a curveball again. Maybe it's Jeff and Matt. Never know. You never know. And then that'll do it for us for today, but not for the weekend, because we're going to come back tomorrow. This will do it an hour-long short episode. That's sad. Oh, I told you we had a lot of stuff to talk sad about. That you I thought we were going to get there quickly. speed it up. No, Dominic, it's a two-way street. You could have just been your... I'm, I'm tired. I don't know. Move on. You could have done that. You've done it in the past. Well, I didn't work today, and like, you know... You you have you have so much emotions coming after that wonderful Pixar movie. Oh, my God. I don't make it funny. I'm just saying, you know, gets the gets the people going. Maybe maybe I have a flight or fight stimulation. You never know. Stimulation? Simulation? Whatever. Oh. Don't touch me. I wasn't touching you. I was touching the jacket. And ow! Thank you very much for tuning in today. But don't we'll you want to be... know about our email? Well, Dominic, I heard we had an email, but apparently it was some spam. Yeah, I got for really, I got really excited. Intro and outro music, but we will stay continue and use our Free. definitely legal copyrighted <laughs> music that we do. It's on only this, thirty bucks on though. this podcast. Right, well, you told me that you have a plug and some friend, some to elementary school friend, to make a website. You said someone from elementary school has a band and they could do our intro and outro. Oh, I mean, I, I'm i sure they could, but i got to hit them up. But, you know, like, I've played you their music. I don't know if it's something that we want on the podcast. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's, we, it's not we still got to We still got I still got to hit up Detox Out of Detail, you know. I got to see, like, what's going on with that, you know. I'm just, I got so many things on my mind, Brandon, you don't even care. I do care. And I care about all you listeners out there. All millions and millions of you people out there. So stay tuned tomorrow. Talk about AEW, Dominic's lovely review of the movie Onward. 10 out of 10. There you go, a little sneak peek. Or That's not how they do it, but you can do the math. Times it by 10, and that's what the actual <laughs> score will be. And until next time, my name's Brandon Tegumi. That's been Dominic Cops, and that's been the studio audience. The mascot is not staring out Barking the window. Barking Spiders. And sneezes. the Barking Spiders, the F-150, Onward. 
and everybody in between coronavirus won't kill us till next week goodbye and good night uh, bye bye let me in